cash flow. Item 19, digital marketing, estate planning. If those terms cause you to pause even for a second, this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser. We cover a new topic each week, clearly and concisely. Business insights not piled on you like you are a buffet plate, but each topic broken down and easy to digest. Welcome to Small Bites of Business Insights. Hello, this is Kathy, and I'm here with my good friend from Profit Soup, Barb Nuss. Today, we're talking about goals, not how to choose them, but once you've set goals for a business, how do you really keep the team on track? So listen, we can all relate to this scenario. The team gets together for strategic planning day. Your creative ideas and the enthusiasm flows and everybody exchanges high fives at the end of the day. And then the meeting notes come out a week later. And a month later, we get together to talk about our progress. Then everybody gets busy doing what they do and nobody calls the next meeting. And then the team has lost traction with all the goals. And before we know it, the year's over and it's time to set new goals and start it again. Yes, I can relate. Setting the goals is the easy part. Getting traction is hard. So Barb, why is it so hard? Well, the process of comparing your P&L budget to your actual P&L is pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. The accounting system puts it in place. You can push the button, run the report, shows your variance between what you planned and what you did accomplish. And that's all right. Reporting on lagging indicators isn't difficult, but to keep your team on track with changing business performance, whether that's fixing a problem or even capitalizing on some new opportunity, right? It doesn't have to all be bad things that we're trying to accomplish or trying to fix. You need to focus attention on leading indicators. Remember those drivers of success. So for this discussion, I'd like to talk about how we keep people on target with those goals not the budget, okay? But like the things that we have to do because those are the things that the team should be talking about at that meeting, not just rambling about, but sharing insights on what's going well and not so well and how do we move the ball forward. I love that, that you, Barb, as a CPA are talking about this. So thanks for (laughs) clarifying that. Why do you think it's so hard to get traction with goals that really drive our success? Well, having vision and wanting to make changes is one thing. Following through is quite another mm-hmm. because you know what? We're busy. We're short-staffed or, and many, many times it's easier to do it the old way than to actually make a change. And, you know, also it's a pain to prepare for and then go to all those meetings to talk about what mm-hmm. isn't done yet, right? If that's what we're showing up for to say, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get that done because that that's that's not working. It's kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And if it's too cumbersome to track the KPI, sometimes we create, you know, these systems. It's like, okay, well, we're going to measure this. It's like that takes Annie, you know, six hours every month to put that report together. It isn't going to happen. So we want to make sure that it's easy to track it. So the tracking gets done and and then take all this and incorporate them into efficient routines for sharing information and then refocusing the team's attention on goals. So we, I think one of the main reasons why it's hard is because we make it too hard. We can't stay the course because we make compliance with goal setting too hard. Whereas we got to, you know, use KPIs that are easy to find. You can just run that report off the CRM system whatever it is that we need to do, we've got to create those routines that make it efficient to do it. So 
if we fail to build these things into our management structure and our routines, then the teams are going to lose traction. And to build it into our structure and our routines, we got to think about efficiency of data, which is an extremely important thing right now. Gotcha. You said a couple of things that really piqued my interest. The one is uh, following through. And I had a very wise chief operating officer once tell me that the real key to running great operations is follow-up. That's another conversation. What I want to get you to focus on right now is another important word you said, routine. Yes, that's key. For the team to get traction with goals, they need to know how they're tracking toward the targets. And that means they got to review their progress routinely, consistently. And we're going to use routines that are built into the structure of how we run the business and how they do their jobs. And when it becomes a part of how we do things, as opposed to something extra we have to do, an extra meeting to go to, it's altogether different. So it's really crucial that leadership demonstrates their commitment to goals by tracking the progress and especially celebrating the accomplishments. It's not just good enough to say, okay, um, we didn't hit that. But when we hit that, we got to really celebrate and really highlight that. That's really important. And that, that becomes part of our culture and part of our routine. And it's expected that that's what we do. It's important that that's what we do. And you cannot say the meeting is on the third Friday of every month and then skip it if somebody's just, oh, I'm just too busy. I can't do it this time, right? You have to show that. You have to walk the walk. Um, One of the other important words that I'd like to dive in on is efficient, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it's too much work to get the information together, analyze the performance, then the process will actually drag the team down. So use technology And make sure people are trained and comfortable with using that technology. Design those review routines so that it's quick to capture the information you need. And then you're not spending the time in those meetings talking about, well, how did you do it? What was the number? You already know what the number is before you showed up. So you're talking now about what maybe, maybe what were the roadblocks? What are the opportunities that we need to execute on and how you can help each other to achieve the goals instead of giving excuses for what's gone wrong. So everybody needs to know how we're all tracking, but you never leave the meeting until everybody knows what and when the next steps are. Uh, That's critical because frequently we hear the word goals paired with accountability. So how do you hold people accountable for achieving their goals? Oh, I've heard that question, believe me, over and over. And one time I can think of it came from an owner who was trying desperately to make improvements in her company. I could hear the frustration in her voice when she said, how do you hold people accountable for achieving the goals? It's like, what are you going to do here? In, in the old world, we choose between the carrot and the stick, right? So, you know, you can and you actually should recognize and reward the achievement. But when the carrot doesn't work, right, and the goals aren't met, what's the stick? I mean, what are the consequences of, not, of, of a team member not achieving the goals? Yeah, because, you know, you just can't fire everybody. You, can't talk <laughs> right. you definitely don't want to embarrass them. So what do you do? So I think focusing on consequences to begin with is the wrong approach. If a person or a team isn't reaching their goals, you should be focusing on why not, right? Not you didn't, but let's let's peel the onion back and see what, what is it 
that why aren't we doing it? Because it could be that it was a stupid goal. I mean, it couldn't mm-hmm. be done, right? So did we have, was it the wrong goal? Uh, maybe it was the right goal, but it was the wrong plan, right? The things that we're doing to accomplish the, 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 the leading activities, the activities and the leading indicators would never make us accomplish that goal. It could be that something unforeseen happened. They may not even have the skills or the resources to do what they've been tasked to do. And you don't really realize that until you start sitting and talking about what's the roadblock, what's getting in the way here. So this is just not a a one-way conversation. It's called coaching up performance, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of consequence, say coach up performance. Now help that team find the pathway forward. It's how you build functional teams, good businesses. They have coaching processes in place and Yes, there can still be accountability. Don't ignore performance problems and say, oh, well, let's kumbaya and it'll all get all better. But you must be coaching. At some point in time, some people are not right for what the task you've asked them to do. And so the consequence is help them find their way to another space, either in your company or somebody else's. But focus on coaching up the performance. And if you can't coach up the performance, then find another way to get it done. And that is sound advice. But you know, I've known some business leaders who they were great operators, they were great visionaries, but they just weren't great coaches. So I'm sure you have too. So how do you build a functional team that is goal oriented and successful if you're not a great coach? Well, you can work on your coaching skills, right? Even leaders need to develop. We can't, you've never arrived. We all need to develop continually. And in many instances, leaders need to develop coaching skills. Now, some people just don't have it. You know, they just can't, that that's not who they are. In that case, find someone else to be the coach, right? That can be a member of the leadership team. That can be an outside business coach. A good business coach can help develop goal-oriented cultures and coach the coaches, right? Because it's not just one person in charge of coaching the entire company. There's coaches throughout the organization that help those that that report to them to be better at what they do. They're not playing the game, but they're helping the player be better at what they do. And getting those skill sets through training into your company is essential. And the, the leader doesn't have to be the only one. So earlier you mentioned that the leader's commitment is crucial, but how can the leader delegate this important coaching role and still demonstrate their commitment? The leader can champion the structure and the accountability and the clarity of communication and still recruit talent to fill the gaps, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's skills and resources that are lacking, a good leader plugs the gaps. A good leader doesn't say, I have to plug all the gaps. It gets them plugged. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to do it all yourself. But if they don't follow through on that promise and to plug the gaps and they don't show up, right? You gotta show up for the process, then they're demonstrating a lack of commitment. So I don't think delegation of things I'm not good at shows a lack of commitment. It shows I'm committed to solving it. So if a leader needs help with coaching skills, I got to tell you, it's no secret. (laughs) Everybody already knows. The whole team already knows. And leaders can actually earn the respect of their teams when they seek out help. So whether that be 
using others to fill the gaps or, or learning their self. I just don't think using others to fill the gaps necessarily shows a lack of commitment. Yeah, I can see that. Well said. So let's back up to the Friday meeting. I personally think one of the reasons teams lose traction with goal processes, processes, excuse me, is because meetings are, um, what shall I say, unpleasant, long, repetitive, maybe even demotivating. Yeah, this is interesting. I read an Inc. Magazine article that reported like $25 million is wasted each day in America on unproductive meetings, okay? That adds up to like $37 billion a year, like the the billion with a b b b right? Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen other studies that say the impact of poorly organized workplaces. So that's like not just what we did at the meeting, but what we didn't do because we didn't have good structure it was actually $399 billion a year. I don't know how they measure, come up with these numbers, how they measure it, but I know it's big. It is big. And we don't want our goal setting meetings to feed that fire of inefficiency. And commonly they do. So Mm -hmm. what we really want is to avoid bad meetings because bad meetings are going to actually stifle productivity. And they they also contribute to burnout, you know, because it just doesn't feel good. It's one more thing to do that doesn't get me anywhere. So a meeting that lacks a defined purpose or structure or good facilitation to guide that discussion can actually make a team make fewer decisions, not more. We went there to make decisions and move on, but if it's not well done, it can go the opposite way. So it's important that those meetings be great. And you know, you're so right. If you have so many meetings that are just considered worthless, you can stifle productivity in an organization. So can you share some tips for us on how to make meetings more productive? Sure. So I mentioned this a little bit ago, but all meetings should have a purpose, right? You're there for a specific outcome and everybody knows what that outcome is. We're here. We're not here because it's Friday and we get together every Friday to talk about our goals, even though we haven't done anything on them. So the meeting has a purpose and that doesn't have to be to check on everybody's goals. This meeting could be a specific topic. So meetings should have a purpose and and we know what the outcome or decision is that we want before the meeting ends, right? I want to accomplish this before the meeting ends, like start with the end in mind, right? So don't don't have meetings for things that can be done without a meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't don't just have a meeting. Um, And look, when we talk about goals, looking at that progress toward the goal, you can get that done before you get to the meeting. We don't want to sit and look at reports. Oh, you did this. You did. You aren't achieving it. That should all be done before we get there. Especially if you've got that routine we talked about of using the same reports and monitoring the same core goals for each person for each month, then you can spend that meeting time brainstorming about how to get back on track, how to take advantage of new opportunities that came up, new roadblocks that came up, maybe get back into saying, look, I came up with this other new idea of how we can improve gross profit margin by 3%. So the purpose or the goal of the meeting should be communicated in advance. So everyone comes to the table Mm -hmm. with whatever information they need to reach the objective. The worst thing is when you get to the meeting and say, well, let's table that to the next meeting because we don't have all the information we need to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens if you're not prepared to come to meetings. Mm -hmm. So facilitation helps. 
a good facilitator of a meeting uh, that they're not there to, as I would say, preside over the conversation. They're there to facilitate the best stuff comes out and a good facilitator, they ruthlessly keep the conversation driving toward that stated objective, that outcome we knew about. And so when it goes off track, they say, well, let's get back on track. Okay. And you always wrap up a meeting by outlining the next steps and you always end the meeting on time. Mm -hmm. People should leave the meeting feeling like they accomplished something and that that time was productive. There's a culture of that. And some businesses have a culture of wasting time in meetings. Don't let that be you. Ah. Well said. So all of this has been so great. And it seems that it might be a long way from talking financials, or is it? Well, in fact, this is what talking financials is all about, like measuring the financial results as part of the process of continuous improvement for the business. The financials are like the scorecard, but to improve the score, right? We choose those KPIs that measure those drivers of success. We set targets that align with the business goals and the budget and keep the team focused on improvement. Today was about how we keep the team focused on improvement Mm -hmm. and communicate the expectations, measure the improvement, coach up the performance. And when you're done, do it again. Ah, Barb, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts about staying on track with business goals. Thank you to our partner in the financial section of Small Bites of Business Insights, Ms. Barbara Ness. Barbara is the owner of Profit Soup, which is a company that will provide you with training and support for all your financial needs in franchising. Small Bites of Business Insights is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. If you have a question or comment for us, just send us an email at feedback at smallbitesofbusinessinsights.com.